Eastland weekend recovery, the final one of the season, the final home and away round for Divisions 1 to 4, so a lot to cover this morning. Uh, big day for the league as well with the Junior Grand Finals happening around the grounds. I'm Ryan Long, joined by Wayne Brasher and Blake Tennant this morning. Blake, you, you've got your Montreux scarf on. Um, you were at the game yesterday, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Good uh, good morning, listeners. Um, yeah, no, it was good. Good game yesterday between Montrose and Ruhlbach. You know, I think the rivalry's been going on for years on years now, and it was a um, very good game. Two respected clubs uh, as well, and um, yeah, looking forward to uh, getting into a few of these interesting games that um, shaping up finals for next week. Absolutely, and Brash, yeah, another rivalry that you were out at, at yesterday between uh, Vermont and Noble Park. Yes, uh Yes, yes, Ryan. And um, interesting enough, um, it was a very, very um, tough encounter for both sides, with a lot being on the line. However, Ryan, there's one thing that a worrying trend for me um, has just cropped up, and it's happened over the last two weeks in Premier Division. Something I'd like to uh, sort of uh, go through when we get to it. Absolutely, there is uh, a bit to talk about with that, but let's start with Division Three because. The two really important games to uh, make up the finals was the Sylvan versus Fair Park, which was the match of the round that we were at it yesterday, where Fair Park thumped Sylvan to move into fourth, but it was only for an hour because Oakley District won last night under lights against Warrandyte 13-15-93 to Warrandyte 8-10-58. And joining us on the line is Blake Pearson, the senior coach of the Oakley District Football Club. Blake, congratulations on uh, the win last night and then also securing the uh, club's first ever final series in the EFNL. Thank you very much, boys. Yeah, it was a it was an exciting night for the club. So yeah, first final series in in the Eastern um, Football Netball League, and first time we played finals in seven years. So um, it's exciting times. It was a bit interesting with the um, sort of the way it uh, panned out. Obviously, with the night game, and, and you had the uh, Sylvan game to to look at during the day. Did you actually watch any of it and find out the results um, uh, during the day? And obviously, you you would have been aware that you had to win to actually make it. Uh, yeah, well, I think it was yeah probably worked out really well for, for the Eastern Football League um, <laughs> the way it turned out. I went up and watched um, probably the first quarter. Um, up at Sylvan yesterday, and then obviously as I'm driving back, you sort of see the scores, and um, yeah, it was pretty evident that we needed to win, and um, yeah, it was yeah, one of those things that we made it a bit hard for ourselves, waiting until round 18 to um, lock it in. But um, yeah, really excited now that we're now that we're locked in for finals. And it, obviously yourself and your brother Ryan, and there's a, a few others that are sort of coming back into the side at the moment. Has that been probably the the one issue in in recent weeks? Is is trying to get your best 22 out there and maybe taking a week or, or two longer to lock up that spot than probably you would have hoped? Uh, yeah, well, probably been the whole season, to be honest. I think we've only had one week where we haven't made any changes um, and most weeks we've had sort of two or three. So trying to find our best team, um, especially with a new group, has been something we've we've tried to work towards. And, um, getting a few back on the weekend was really good. We um, The other week we came up, obviously, against Don Vale, who... Uh, and the benchmark in the competition, and then last week with a few out, we um, we came up against Fair Park, who have uh, been in some really good form the last sort of month. So 
Um, they were two pretty tough games. But um, last night, yeah, it was nice to, to get a few back in and, and sort of start to get that best 22 out on the park. G'day, Blake. Blake Tennant here as well. Just a quick one, mate. You touched on about your injuries, but will we be seeing any other plays coming through for your next final coming up next week, or um, are you up to full strength at the moment? Uh, probably got uh, Andrew Webb, I think, is probably one that's... Um, and Nathaniel Kramer, who have played the majority of the season, are two that um, will put their hand up for selection. I think, um, you know, Webby's... A uh, little hamstring last week, and and Nathaniel was a was a shoulder. So I think both of those might be right to go, and um, yeah, gives us a bit of a headache at selection table. That's for sure. Yeah, which is always good to see um, as well, because you know you want your best plays on the park as well. Just a quick one as well. Do you feel like with this win um, coming up? Um, do you feel like this could build? I know it's a pretty um, coach cliche question here, but do you feel like this win you can um, build into you know your first final against Sylvan? But do you feel like this win could help build that momentum heading into Sylvan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, to use like a cricket analogy, like you're only one innings away from from being back in form, and I think that's sort of what we had last night, where all our systems that we've sort of trained the last sort of you know, six to, to nine months of came into fruition last night. Um, particularly on defence, I was really impressed with with our back seven and, and how they went about and how we sort of got our ball movement going. So I'm hoping that gives gives everyone in the team um, a bit of confidence um, heading into Sylvan this week. Morning, Blake. It's uh, Brash. How are you? Good, thanks, Brash. How are you? Yeah, good. Look, I think uh, I have a one of my analogies leading into a final series when a side's in the, in the top three or the top four is the fact I, I actually like seeing those sides playing the sides that they're going to play up, um, play against in the finals, in the final lead-up rounds. Because I think, would you agree that it gives you a really, um, a really good edge going into a final series uh, with that playing group? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I mean the way that it's panned out, like you play everyone twice and you play a few teams three times, so you certainly get an understanding of the way each other plays and. Um, what their particular strengths and weaknesses are. So, um, you know, the last two, well, we've played Sylvan twice this year and they've touched us up both times. So um, certainly got to try and find a way this week to to nullify their strengths and, um, you know, pick apart some of their weaknesses. But, yeah, I think it's important, yeah, playing well, it, them close to finals. It is because, I, I mean, look, you've played Donvale and then obviously you've played the unfortunate Fair Park who... Were probably the best side outside of the f- um, the four as it now as it now stands, and I, I just sort of feel that um, that um, that they or that um, that particular mindset um, is really important uh, to, to a expose your players to a finals like atmosphere um, leading up to a, a proper final series because in in essence probably your last month you've probably played a set of mini finals. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got ourselves, you know, 10 points clear of fifth with three to play and it came down to the last round. So sort of every week has been um, a big week and um, last night was no was no different, obviously. It was probably more finals-like than what we've had um, all season just in terms of having that big crowd and the atmosphere there and obviously what was on the line. So um, definitely to expose the boys to that um, should hopefully hold us in, in some good stead next week because, um, yeah, for most of our boys, they haven't really experienced 
finals football before, so it's all it's all going to be new to them. Blake, the other thing I, I I'm interested in Oakley District when they when they came across from the from the Southern Football League, they they weren't really successful. Um, they were really weren't that success, successful in their competition, and then they had a real baptism of fire with their initial um, entry into the EFNL system. Um, the the executive of the club, how thrilled are they, right? Um, f- knowing where they've come from to actually now know that the club's going to play finals in probably one of the strongest competitions in uh, in uh, Vic Vic Melbourne. Uh, yeah, they're extremely happy. Yeah, I think the, you know the last probably in particular four or five years um, in Southern and then the first year last year has been a pretty tough um, time for the club and. Um, yeah, to be able to turn it around, the amount of work that um, you know the committee and Aaron Henneman as, as football manager have, have put in has um, been incredible, and you know that's you know the success of what we've had on the field is um, a credit to them sticking fat over the last four or five years, and it's nice reward for them that you know we are on the right direction and. Um, coming over to Eastern has probably been the right move for the football club long term. This is your first foray into coaching. Would I would I be correct in saying? Yes. Yep. This is my first year coaching. How have you How have you found it being a player as well as a coach? And has that sort of really whetted your appetite to um, to go further now? Uh, oh, it has its moments. <laughs> Certainly, you know, it has its moments where you get a bit frustrated on the field and. Um, that things aren't going your way and I thought it was hard you know playing and coaching and then I've had you know four of the last five weeks off uh, with an injury and it's worse when you're just coaching on the sidelines and you can't do anything so um, look I don't know I sort of fluctuate a little bit out of uh, what I want to do coaching long term but um, at the moment I'm really enjoying just teaching the guys um, our game style and and getting the most out of our players at the moment. Are you going Um, on? Yes, yeah, I'll be I'll be coaching next year for sure. So well, that's excellent. Um, yeah, but, really but, enjoy really enjoying it down there. Does that mean that um, obviously with the success that Oakley have um, had uh, this year and the fact that you've um, added a new lease of life to the club, I think that's going to actually help with uh, recruiting next year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're obviously um, you know on those outer skirts of the Eastern Football Netball League, similar to what I guess Noble Park is in a way, and. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the success of our football club, we might be able to sort of, or in my thinking, drag, you know, some of those that are playing Southern or are in more that Bayside area. Um, because, you know, Eastern football is, is the best competition in the state. So, um, you know, the more success we can have, you know, the the better opportunity we will have to recruit some players and, um, you know, continue to take those, those next steps. And just looking at next week's game against Sylvan just quickly, I mean, uh, obviously at Jubilee Park, it... Does that suit you a little bit more? I mean, we were out at Sylvan yesterday, and I, I, it's the first time I've been there. I couldn't believe how small the, the ground is. Um, yeah. Does a Jubilee Park give you any sort of benefit? Uh, I hope so, yeah. I think, you know, essentially all the work we've done over pre-season and, and into the season has been on our ball movement. And I think if we can, we can get the ball into open space um, on the big ground of Jubilee, then, you know, we give Zach... Bazanich, Jacob Warren, um, these guys down forward, an opportunity one-on-one and, um, you know, watching the game yesterday, particularly that first quarter, even though I was, I guess, in a way cheering for Sylvan, um, Fair Park <laughs> sort of did give a little bit of a blueprint, I think, of of how we can um, expose them and, um, yeah, if we can get the ball into open space, um, we think we might be a, a chance. 
Absolutely. Uh, fantastic uh, achievement for you and the club, and we're thrilled to see Oakley District playing finals this year. So all the best next week, and um, looking forward to seeing how you, you go next week. Perfect. Thank you very much, fellas. See you later, Blake. Thanks, Blake. Good luck. See ya. The uh, senior coach there, the Oakley District Football Club, Blake Pearson. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm really excited, and I was disappointed for Fair Park because... I would have loved to see both sides get in. I'd love to uh, have a top five just to be able to fit them both in. But for a club that's really battled it out last year, and obviously there's, oh, I'm I'm not too much, I'm not too aware of their prior history before that in in other leagues. But um, a really tough year last year. They've turned this club around, and that's you know a credit to what Blake's done. Um, and to make a final series, it's really exciting for for everyone down in Oakley. Believe it or not, uh, gentlemen, uh, I've finalised most of my stats for the, the lower divisions. It was that draw in the end against Ferntree Gully that cost Fair Park the final spot. Oh no. Because they ended up being 2% higher than um, than where Oakley District finished. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, uh, so interesting, it? was it? A, just that, that two points. Mm. However, um, I think uh, just look um, I'm thinking next week in Whilst I think Sylvan will probably go in favourites, favourites, yep. um, based on their season's performance, I'm not taking that much into yesterday. But I do agree with Blake in the fact that um, there was a bit of a blueprint there mm. um, that I think um, those other the other finalists will be will be looking at. I think the key to Sylvan's success will will really rely on how. Um, James Charge mm. yeah. can dominate the, the the clearances and the stoppages around. He's a big boy. Mm. He's quite mobile, and he's very hard to get around, Blake. And he can also go forward at times too, like we saw in the grand final. Um, and I don't, I don't. Was he playing forward yesterday as well, Ryan? When um, you guys were down at Sylvan yesterday, or was he just predominantly playing as a ruck? Uh, predominantly as, as yeah. the uh, ruck. Should yeah. we go into that game? Let's Lord? yeah, let's yeah. jump into it now. Uh, Sylvan six ten forty six defeated by Fair Park seventeen fourteen one hundred and sixteen. And as uh, Blake said, he was there for that first quarter and Fair Park five goals, six to just four behinds, really set up uh, the win early. And then we had a little bit of a fight back from the Cats in the second quarter. But, I mean, apart from probably that 15-minute period, it was a dominant performance from the Lions who uh, just had a lot more on the line, of of course, and and played like it too. I almost feel like that once Fair Park were able to respond in that second quarter to that initial uh, Sylvan response from the first quarter was was very, very ordinary by mm. Sylvan, I may add. Um, oh, we heard it. We heard Trent had uh, quarter time. Yeah, well, on the- put it this way. I... <laughs> I would have. I think I would have probably given them a spray too, because, and it probably would have been a very well educated spray as well. You can't afford to get too personal nowadays. No. But I just, I just sort of felt that, and I think Jared Beanland sort of said it very best. Once Fair Park got that goal right in response to stopping that run, it almost snuffed out whatever competitive yeah. edge that. Um, that uh, that Sylvan they needed to they in fact they needed to be in front at half time yeah. and it could, I think it could have been a different contest but I'll tell you what I love that Rankin oh jeez oh, now he was he was great he's one oh. of our 
one of our personal favourites, the way he played, uh, the way he flew for the ball, uh, just as good on ground level, finished with the four goals and uh, all in the first I, half. I, I'm going to tell you now, he's going to, Fair Park are going to find it really hard to hold on to him. Well, yeah, we did have that chat with um, Sean before the, the game, and hopefully he does stay there for, for their sake. I'd love to because, stay there. Um, yeah. I mean, he's just such a, a talented kid, 18 or 19 years old. And just one thing in the, the first quarter, I know, like the way Fair Park moved the ball uh, was was really good from, you know, if Sylvan would turn it over at, at the half forward line and their transition, they found a lot of space and were able to link up quite well. So that's something I guess, you know, Oakley will, will look at as maybe a, a, um, uh, a thing they can get Sylvan on next week. And I also think that uh, what... Uh, Fair Park did very well. Was they made sure that Lowe wasn't in many in many areas or goal kicking opportunity areas had no for, impact and had no impact. So so it was just um what, what you were saying there was that they they just were on him all day. They didn't give him an inch and there was no space kind of thing. Well, so, they, we guess yeah. but they pushed him to areas okay. right where he couldn't even though. <laughs> Even though it's only a 38 metre yeah, forward. It's a very small, yeah, it's inside a, 50. It's yeah. a very amphitheatre-like ground, um, Sylvan, yeah. it's a, and it's a lovely ground. Yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering whether that's going to work against them at Ringwood next um, next yeah. Saturday because well, we, often find, um, we often find that in the lower division finals, Sides that are coming off their normal habitat ground, which may not be as big as, and, and they're playing on a foreign ground that they don't play in 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 their normal um, season. Some of them can get found out very quickly, and and that's my worry. That's my worry about Sylvan next week. Um, I think I, I watched I watched the corresponding game when Oakley played them down at uh, at Princess Highway and I think Princess Highway is a is a bit yeah. is a bigger mm. ground. It's bigger, yeah. But I, I sort of feel just watching Oakley, I think they run the ball very well. And I think Blake's right. They 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 might have they might not have beaten them, but I I reckon there's a chance that they can beat them next week. Yeah. And I think the ground's gonna help them. And with Ringwood as, as well, I just think that Ringwood's maybe a two-kick goal kind of thing. So, like, you get it out in the middle, obviously, and then you, you kick it, and then you pretty much got, like, you run inside the 50, and then you can just go around there. And as you said before, Brash, like, the run and carry could actually go in Oakley's favour down at uh, Ringwood, and it's going to be interesting where, yeah. I, they, I, yeah. I actually think, Ryan, that Ringwood's one of those grounds where the centre-half forward is really out of play when you look at it. Yeah. I almost feel that you should swap your full forwards and your centre-half forwards and play your centre-half forward at full forward um, and your full forward at centre-half forward as the leading forward because mm. I, I sort of feel like at, at, uh, at Ringwood, um, the, when you kick the ball out of the centre, most of the time it's going over the centre-half forward's yeah. head. Yeah. So I, I reckon you, you should have your linchpin down at full forward or maybe even the other... the the other thing is, have your full forward play out of a forward pocket, and have mm. your centre half forward playing full forward, and then play maybe your half one of your half forwards as a decoy um, full to forward, a centre half yeah, forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting because the time we saw him early in the season, Bosnich didn't play, so that was a, a big loss because they just didn't have that predominant target up forward. To it, it's to, very um, hard, isn't it? It's it's hard. I mean, isn't it amazing when you sit back and look at it how 
when a player, a certain player, right, that's key to your side when he's not playing, what the win factor is when they're, you know, when they when he's some there, players are just just that important, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's amazing that one club's fortune sometimes can rely on one player being out injured. Yeah, absolutely, and just a. A shout out to Sylvan as well for uh, the hospitality oh. yesterday. I'm I'm booking booking us oh, a, yeah. a ticket there next uh, next year. We're, I we're might even g- come up next. Well, look, I was probably I was at I was probably when you said it'd been eight years. I probably I went yeah. to the last time they you were. were. Up, you I did. was, and I tell you what, yes, um, yeah, and yeah, it was a tr- bit of a trip down memory lane. The the log fire inside yeah. the club. How, how good's that? Oh, yeah. That is, uh, I yeah. that is the that is the. That is the quintessential country football in country football club, I, I, and that's a it's a fantastic look. Is a fantastic community when mm. those communities are fantastic, and that's part of the reason why you can understand why towns, right, their football and netball are so close together. Yeah, and it's a it's and it's a great and it's a really great way of bringing your community together. Oh yeah. For a small town as well and you know we saw last year how they won the premiership which really made everyone come together as one and and all that and you know to see them their progress as well coming from fourth division and as everyone says it's always a big jump coming from fourth to third division. They've done, they, exe- they've, they've done they've ex- done yeah. They've done exceptionally well. Final question Blake um Ryan before we move on. Trent March if he's pinged a hammy how is he going to? I think he's going to be a loss. Does well, he, he was in the. Um, did he play? Did he go back on? No, no. So he, he was uh, half time. He went into the rooms and then was in his um, uh, jeans and, and jumper for the second half. I, uh, not sure if it's a, a could be a, a corky from the sounds of it. Um, and and he's as, as tough as nails. So yeah, I think uh, you've. You'd have to put him in a, in a hospital wing to um, keep yeah. him from playing a final series this next yeah. week. He'll be um, he'll be there, I reckon. So he'll be precautionary, you reckon, for his injury, maybe? Or oh, yeah. I think it, I think at Trent's yeah. age, and he probably appreciates, he probably realizes that if he if he he could have stayed out there yesterday if there was more on the line. Mm. But I think discretion was a better part of valor, and I, yep. he's probably thought. No, I better put. I'm going to put the cue in the rack and make sure I'm at least giving myself a fifty-fifty chance of fronting up next week. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a, a massive game on the Sunday, I believe. That's a Sunday game out yeah. at Jubilee Park. So uh, a lot to look forward to next week. The other game will be Donvale versus Ferntree Gully, which has been locked in for quite some time. Uh, Donvale yesterday, fifteen six ninety six defeated Coldstream, ten five sixty five. Darcy Fritch and Ethan Duncan had a bit of a shootout. Six goals to Duncan, five to Fritch. And, and how good is that for the Magpies? Did they need a, and a, um, another star back in the side? Duncan returns and has an impact right away. They were just uh, um, swimming with, with talent at the moment, Blake. And fresh from his uh, European summer. I'm so that sure. it was so a, a European I think trip? It, I think it was something like that. Jeez, I, I wouldn't mind going myself. To <laughs> you just don't know. But, um, yeah, you go, Brett. Or money. Don't yeah. have time on it. <laughs> I, I, I just want to bandy around just the finishing stats for Donvale for the season. Um, ranked number one and two in offence and defence at considerable numbers, um, Blake. Mm. Uh, percentage 192.75, which wow. is wow. exceptional. <laughs> now, here's their quarter-by-quarter quarter differentials. First quarter, 308-plus. 
Har- uh, second quarter's 537. Third quarter's 698. And fourth quarter's 921. Right? The only side... Um, the only side to concede less than 1,000 points in the season. No, I, and they won 56 quarters out of 72 for the home and away season. Now, that's a... That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty impressive uh, set of um, KPIs for a home and away season. Now they've just got to translate that form into a, a finals campaign. And the side they'll be playing, Ferntree Gully got the job done yesterday against Whitehorse, 14-7-91 to 10-10-70. Battaglini, Calisperius both kicks three goals each. Braden Wright listed as their best player as Whitehorse. The, uh, Young had... Uh, finished with three goals and Sim back in the side was listed as their best uh, player. They will, unfortunately for their sake, go down to Division 4 um, but for Furniture Gully it sets up that big game next week and I mean, going back a couple of weeks ago, was it last week where they played Don Val? Yeah. That, that second half comeback is, is pretty remarkable. They only fell short by 12 points but yeah. I mean, looking at the halftime scores, it was 57-8 and then yeah. They just flew home, Blake, and, and fell short. So, I mean, where do you see it? Because obviously, Donvale have proved themselves as, as the best side in the comp, but I, I think Furniture Gully are going to get two cracks, maybe. One, definitely, and then maybe two cracks at them. Then, oh, look, I, I'm, I think it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. And, you know, the old saying, finals is a very different ball game to a normal season game. In my eyes, I think it is, cause, um, and all that, but... For Furniture Gully, I think the thing is what they have to do is they're they're very resilient and very they now have a lot of belief uh, coming into a big final series because I can't remember the last time they actually made the finals. I think maybe previously before COVID um, and all that. So they're just going to have that belief and you know if they can get a few plays back, which would be nice. I, st- we, I know everyone's asking, you know, where we will be seeing Lockie Kennedy. Will we be playing? Um, the answer is we don't know because obviously we haven't seen him play probably since early uh, early starts of the year. So if they they just need to have that belief because they know they're playing against the beast, you would say against Don Vale, and they just need to overcome that. Um, and you know having that win today, it, it it could just build confidence. You know heading into it. I know they played Whitehorse. Don't you know no disrespect there, but they can also build from that. Brash, yeah, I mean, how do you see next week? happening just quickly we won't touch on it too much because we will have the yep. Friday podcast to talk about it but we looked at last year the Waverly Blues similar they were very a different sort of style of game but very high scoring throughout the season and then their two finals were really tight close contests uh, especially that grand final which was was quite low low scoring really I mean how do you see do you think something similar over here and Fentry Gully could really push them or, or do you think just with the way they're playing at the moment they're going to be really, really hard to certainly slow down on an um, offensive front. I, I'm i just sort of trying to play this game out of my mind and I think I think what's going to stop Ferntree Gully, right, really challenging Donvale is the fact that some of their key players are going to be underdone because they haven't played enough football. Mm. Now, if Kennedy comes back, and I don't know whether he, was, whether he played yesterday... And I know Robbie McComb, I think is it Robbie or Luke? Luke. Uh, Luke. Luke. Luke has only just come back from injury, so he hasn't played for a long while. Didn't play yesterday, did he? No. I, I think he I went back so, out. So I, I'm, I'm worried about their two key, their two key playmakers, whereas you look at Donvale, 
Their side, stars. Yeah, their side has been very consistent. They've had minimal changes, minimal injuries, a luxury to bring Duncan back in. Wouldn't terribly surprise me, seeing he's had a little bit of a layoff, that they probably rotate you put him in a rotation and and probably save his legs for you know he might not play the whole game no. but I think they'll they'll um they'll just ease him back into it I just sort of feel like that um for as good as what that comeback was from Ferntree Gully uh I just think that Donvale just seemed to have all the answers and it's more I think mentally and physically, I think Don Vale can work you over. And yeah. it's only going to be a matter of time when the dam breaks. Yeah, and as you touched on with your um, score by score from Don Vale, it seems to me like their, their second and fourth quarter is where they're um, destroying sides. Because I think you touched on was about 900 in, yeah. in, uh, around there, those, those stats there. That's incredible, but nineteen hundred. So in the last quarters, mm. uh, it's nineteen hundred and fourteen for the match, yeah. compared to allowing nine hundred and ninety-three. So a differential of nine hundred and fourteen points, and that that in itself, right, shows that when you're building on, like if if you've noticed there, three hundred eight, five thirty-seven, six ninety-eight, nine twenty-one, it's a progression, yeah, right, and. Some sides are in minus, yeah. And if you're in minus, you're not making any headway, yeah. And so, like I said, Blake, I think it's going to just come down to the fact that yes, you've got to respect the fact that Furniture Gully have worked extremely hard and have thoroughly diverse deserved their second spot. Mm. But I think there's going to come a time in that in that final next week where Donval are just going to push the button, and Furniture Gully just won't be able to go with them. Yeah. And and just as well as that, just I want to see both this. If if Ferntree Gully are down by, you know, let's say under a kick at half time, they're would, still right in it. Yeah, would you say that they're still you know in the mix and they can just you know go? They yeah, they will. But have they got have they got mm. the playing group? That's the question. That's the question. Going to be, yeah. Have they got the playing group? They're going to be able to mm. to to. They're going to have to beat Donvale at their own game, and I don't know whether they've got. They've yeah. got the goal-kicking power to do it. I think yeah. we need to move on. Yeah, it will just can, I, can I just say as well, it was Chad Rogers' last game yeah. as well yes. for Coldstream. So, well done to Chad. I know it's been a really tough year for Coldstream and after what happened in 2021, like he's really built Coldstream uh, to where they are. So he, well you're always Chad. hanging out with him on a, a Saturday <laughs> night. We get the photos. He's a fantastic bloke, Chad Rogers. He's been in this competition for so many years and I remember when he was at Montrose and yeah. Glenn Storworthy was the the reserves coach and they they were a pretty formidable combination those two and uh, look Chad's a very no nonsense sort of bloke he calls a spade a spade and the fact is that players wanted to put when you got Chad Rogers as your coach he's the sort of coach that players want to play for he yeah. and he's been a great ornament to the Eastern Football Netball League and. Uh, Whatever he does in the future, um, the the coaching uh, the coaching will be uh, less for it than when he's not involved. Absolutely, and hopefully he does hang around the league in some sort of form, yep. where, wherever that may be, because uh, certainly will be nice uh, looking at the final ladder for Division Three uh, on top. Donval, Ferntree Gully in second. They'll meet next week on the Saturday. Sylvan in third. 
Oakley District in four, so those two will meet on the Sunday. A draw behind is Fair Park in fifth, and then Coldstream, Warrandyte and Whitehorse rounding up the ladder. Let's jump into Division 4 now. I think the, the big result, well, we'll, get, we'll touch on the other results first. Uh, Nutterwadding and Churnside Park. Churnside Park 11-12-78 defeat the Lions 4-10-34 in Grattan Stevens. 300th game. Well done, uh, Sticks. Really incredible effort from him. We haven't got any goals or best listed there, but uh, a great achievement, and uh, Josh Ward spoke to him during the week, and that article is up on the afnl.org.au website. If you want to take a look, Forest Hill Croydon North, 13-11-89. The Zebras defeated Croydon North M-Lock, 8-14-62. Bit of a... Uh, Tighter game. Croydon North's form in the, the second half season has been much uh, more impressive uh, than the way they started. Yep. And McCain and Kelly kicked two goals each for them. As the Forest Hill, Hanegraaff and Rudd both kicked four themselves. And then the big game that had implications on where sides would finish. Surrey Park 10-11-71 defeated Kilsai 3-11-29. Vidiga and Fallahay kicked three goals each for Surrey Park and... Obviously, just the three goal kickers there for Kilsyth. Uh, Lamb listed as their best player. Peters listed as best as Surrey Park. Interesting result, Brash, uh, by the, that margin. Obviously, there was a lot more on the line for Surrey Park. Kilsyth had a few outs and locked up top spot. Um, yeah, it's a look. <laughs> yeah, look, it's a it, it it it's a real. I understand what coaches are doing, and 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 that's fine. Um, do I take too much out of that result yesterday? Probably not. Um, but the thing is, Surrey Park were threatened of undoing all their hard-earned gains if they had lost that game yesterday mm. because yes. Churnside were a right on the a right on the money at the moment. They have. And put it this way: if I wanted to, I've sat down, and if I know we're doing even our coverages and next weekend. The game that I'd love to see next Saturday would be the Churnside Park Scoresby final because I, I, we've already done Surrey and Kilsyth throughout the season and I think we know that those two sides, either one of those two sides, I think will make it to a grand final. But I think Churnside, is, uh, Churnside are the it side in yeah. fourth division at the moment. Uh, they've beaten the top three. They're in great nick. Great form too. Right, heading into a final, and uh, I think that they, I, I, they can win it. They they can they genu- could, they yeah. can general line win it now, Brian. Oh, I think so. I, I think you look at the top three. I think Scoresby is the only side in the top four. I don't have any faith in um, going on to win the flag. They would have to really pull out something, and they've had some injuries, some concerns there, and I just think they're probably form doesn't stack up for a flag. But the, the top three is really interesting. The I mean, Churnside Park are probably the informed side. Um, they are raring to go to get into a final series. Kilsyth have, have been the best team this year, finishing on top, uh, and quite clearly too. Um, and then Surrey Parker, almost a bit of a, a wild card, I think, coming into the finals. Right, Churnside, obviously, right, I, I keep score to scores, right? They played scores be three times. Um, in the end, it was a 2-1, 2-1 spread to Churnside. And Churnside... Um, End up having a f- they kicked fifty three and a half percentage of the the scores as against uh, Scoresby's uh, 
uh, as against, um, uh, where are we? 53. So it was basically neck and neck. And neck. But, but mm. between no, sorry, forty six point seven five in the end. So there wasn't much. There wasn't much in in it um, for both for both those sides. But the thing is, momentum is such a big thing, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. And the last thing you want is to be limping into a final series on the back of a couple of losses. No, because it's don't. it's just so hard when it's so hard when. And the fact that works against Scoresby next week is the fact that Churnside Park, uh, on a t- uh, like I said, are the form side, and they're coming off a bye. And now you, you almost feel like, Ryan, that if Churnside get on top early, I don't know whether Scoresby's going to be able to find a way back yeah. into it. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think that's um, one game that Churnside Park will... Um, will go in as very heavy favourites in the, the way they're playing at the moment. Just... I'm going to throw you both under the, on the spot. Yep. I just want who's going to win it because I think this is where you look at one, two, and three. There's a front runner and they're pretty clear favourites. I think this is more wide open. I, I want you to to pick a side right now. If you had to pick one, who's going to win it? Uh, yeah. Um, I think you know with Kilsoff. I think we actually touched on this last week at our ball and brush Kilsoff. They're just at the start of the year. They were flying, right? They were flying through everything at the moment. But their last couple of weeks has just been not where we want to, you know, where Kilsoff want to be. You know, I feel like, you know, that loss yesterday, sorry, I know it had no meaning and all that kind of stuff, but they haven't been where they were at the start of the year. I think so you're not tipping yeah. them? No, no. Well, I know I'm just, it's a, it's like you said, it's a hard one. I still go on Kilsyth. I think still that, but I wouldn't be surprised in my grand final for Division Four, Kilsyth and Chernside Park just being on Chernside Park's form. I think they've won eight or nine in a row. I believe one something to get something into like that. that. It's it's yeah. definitely yeah around so that. So my mark. grand final is going to be Kilsyth and uh, Chernside Park. I just feel like I know I've gone on for a long time here, but sure. but sorry, Park. I just think their inconsistencies the last month or two just hasn't been where they want to be. Of course, they were grand finals last year and they had high expectations, but I just feel like um, they're just they're just going to fall away. I just feel like even though they did win, they would have a huge confidence booster coming in because they did knock off Killsive. But I just feel like Surrey's inconsistent form, same with Scoresby, and that's why I'm going to uh, Churnside Park and... Um, Kilsyth for my grand final. And you pick a winner. Kilsyth. Crash? Yeah, it's... Surrey Park is... Um, is uh, They've lost a few. I reckon their kryptonite is Churnside. I can't... Uh, they, stro- they, I, they can't beat them. I look at... I think on their day... And I saw enough... That game up at... Um, where Kilsyth beat Surrey Park in the worst of conditions. The throughout. ground was terrible, yeah. I, I think on their day, I think Kilsyth are good enough to win the flag. I think they've got enough experience. Mm. I'll tip Churnside. I, I just no. on, on form, I think, um, and I've, I've been harsh on them this year, but with the way they're playing at the moment, I've, I've got a, a lot more faith in them. Um, and their form is just unreal. It's your opinion, Ryan. So we all have opinions. I think, though, yeah. the thing is, look, we were there was a group of us sitting here after about round six, right? 
Chernside are three games behind mm. behind Forest they Hill. Were. Right, and we're thinking, when are they, where are they going to get their next mm. win? All of a sudden, right, they've just come from the they've just come from the clouds, and obviously, sides have done them a favour, but they've won all their games, mm. and like I said, they've beaten convincingly beaten Surrey Park once off a bye, one and he when they come off the bye, so it doesn't matter. I, I just I think Ryan. I think Ryan's justification for them to win it is, is as good as any analogy that we've put up against with Kilsyth winning. Just a quick one as well. They also uh, smashed uh, Kilsyth as well convincingly too. So they knocked off the two top sides by you know over probably forty points. You would say. So, but if you ask Josh Wardle, he'll be saying sorry, uh, Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yes, you can certainly lock yes. that one in from uh, Josh. Uh, looking at the final ladder in Division 4, Kilsyth, Surrey Park, Chernside Park, Scoresby make up the top four, and then Forest Hill, Nutterwadding, and Croydon North, Mlock on the bottom there. That's it for Divisions 3 and 4. We're going to take a quick break and then jump into a Premier Division. Yeah, that's a good point. As the ball uh, flipped out to Fairchild. Picked up here by the Waverley Blues. Hambled over the top to Rufus. Couldn't quite get there. Picking up cleanly was Noobs. He passed it over the top. A chance for Duncanson to get involved. He's kicked towards White. Coming in there is Dower. Picked up cleanly. Throws it on the right boot towards goal. Zach Dower has kicked it. Another one for the Hawks. Welcome back to the Eastland Weekend Recovery. We're going to jump into Premier Division before we touch on Divisions 1 and 2. And we'll start with the game that you were out at yesterday, Brash. Vermont versus Noble Park, 8-11-59. The Eagles defeat the Bulls, 5-10-40. Really tight contest, very uh, low scoring, having a look at it. And you're sending the updates throughout the game. Kelkowski and Fitzpatrick kicked uh, five goals between them. Greenwood list is their best player, all single goal kickers for Noble Park. But how do you see the, the afternoon sort of unfold? Well, first and foremost, Ryan, I, I... Pardon me. Interestingly for me, one of the things that um, that took me a little bit aback was the fact was the crowd numbers yesterday. Mm. Um, probably out of the... I think it was one of the lowest crowds that I've seen in a long time watching a Vermont Noble Park game which is a normally a you know which is normally a very well patronized game I think the weather might have had something to do with it but I sort of noticed that I I didn't want to I, I wanted to see what had happened because when we did the previous we when we did Baldwin and Doncaster East last weekend, I saw this. It seemed like to me that there wasn't a the a crowd very was, tiny. So that was a bit that worries me a little bit when the crowds are low. Obviously, like I said, weather and other things. But you know, these are Premier Division sides that are in the top five, right, fighting off for a finals position. And I just would have, you know, that sort of worries me a little bit that if you're not getting all those crowds at a local game on Saturday, um, you know, maybe the finals, it, it, it'll pick up, but I just, it was just an observation. Game itself, yesterday was a, um, was a really, really tough bruising encounter for both sides. Both sides had their chances to, um, to take control of the contest, but the conditions throughout the day, the rain, the greasiness of the ball, the, uh, the lack of, um, 
ball skills at both sides were showing because of that uh, because of the because of those conditions really uh, came out. Vermont at stages looked like they were going to take the game away from Noble Park, but Noble Park, to their credit, they kept uh, they kept they kept coming. They kept they kept working their way into the, back into the contest. I thought around the stoppages and the clearances, I thought Noble Park had a very very clear advantage. However, Alex Greenwood was outstanding yesterday in the midfield and he basically was the difference between the two sides. Interesting enough, both coaches had put had had put considerable time and effort in negating Lockie Johns and Jackson Sketcher. You get that was clearly evident. And the game was actually screaming out for one of those two to do something that was going to inspire or get a run on for each respective side, and it didn't happen. And I think that was part of the Did reason. Did either of them have much of an impact? Not really. No. I thought, um, and that's kudos to the players that they, they were playing on, and I think they, and as I said, I think both coaches did their homework and they, and they did it very well. I just thought Noble Park looked a little bit um, undermanned in the physical department. I thought Vermont uh, looked a bit, uh, that some of their younger guys looked a bit more f- uh, big and solid and, and physically developed. And I think at times, and I think both sides, and it wasn't a day for, it just was not a day for key forwards, and it was a game for, for the for the runners. Small forwards, yeah. Yeah, and look, I just thought there was going to be a time in that game where I thought whoever gets a two-goal advantage was going to win the game because the ground conditions were not going to allow any side, right, to 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 get ahead because the defensively both sides were very well uh, very well equipped. Double Park hit the front, I think, around the twenty minute mark of the third quarter. It was probably the only time that they were in front for the for the whole day. Vermont kicked a goal and a point just on three-quarter time, and I think they were up 6-8 to 5-7. And when I sent Ryan my text at three-quarter time, I didn't think there was going to be too many goals left in the in the contest. Yeah. And I said, whoever kicked the opening two goals in, in the last quarter was going to win the game. Vermont got those two goals. By the 10-minute mark, they were about 18 points up, and they were just doing enough around the ground... Right to nullify any influence that Noble Park had in trying to get back into the contest, but they just yesterday I just thought that they they had their moments Noble Park, but they couldn't take them. But they did. I thought they did control the clearances and stoppages, but just weren't able to take advantage. For Vermont, I don't think had enough of that three sixty coverage around those contests, and they seemed to. They seem to be out of position because they were getting beaten in the ruck. Um, so that's something for them to work on. But at the end of the day, um, they won the game. Uh, they have now, I believe, have probably secured the, the week off um, with a couple of players to come back into it. The adage is, why not? That's that's the motto. Why not? Why not us? Yeah. And I think... 
if you've got a, a set of young men, right, who who are showing no fear, right, and are prepared to take the game on at any cost, they're the that's a dangerous combination heading yeah. dangerous combination at any given time. Kudos to Noble Park. They'd live to fight another day. They've got a very, very tough match next week to against Ball against Borwin. Mm. And gonna, if they do g- make it, that's probably their likely opponent too. And they're going to have to, and they're going to have to find something noble because next week they're going to have to really find. They're going to have to try and kick goals next week because, I, from what I saw yesterday, unless they can kick, uh, unless they can kick sixty, seventy points against Baldwin, I can't see them winning. And they haven't done it quite often this no. season. They've actually been a, a, an issue for them. I, I know they've pumped uh, Park Orchards the two times they've played and scored big, but I just think too. Are, I don't think we can. At the start of the season, we thought, well, how well is Noble Park going to go? But I really felt that those the injuries to Morrison and the recruit and, and Cole Martin has really robbed Noble yeah. Park. Oh, McDonald. Of, yeah. yeah. Shane McDonald. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. And Morrison being out yesterday yeah. didn't help their cause either. I just think that's robbed them of... A lot of mm. um, flexibility. That's probably yeah. and opportunities. Yeah. Oh, it's actually. I mean, we we talked about it a lot at the start of the season. It is really disappointing, and um, not just for the club, but for the league itself, because two of the the best players, uh, obviously Kyle Martin, and then obviously McDonald from a, coming from another league, would uh, really look forward to, to sort of watching it, him play here. And it's just we ama- did get we got robbed of not seeing them. And that's the problem. It's just amazing, you know. And as someone asked, come up to me yesterday, when is the last time that a Premier, right, didn't make the finals the next year? And the only time I can think of, of my memory, it might have been Baldwin, but I'm not going to be 100% sure on that. But, look, I just think that next week wouldn't terribly... I would think that Steve Hughes is going to throw everything but the kitchen sink into that game next week. He will be looking at every single player that he's got at his disposal to put into that senior side next next week because it's all or nothing. Absolutely. And uh, one side who did lock in their spot for the finals is, is Doncaster. He's 10-12-72, defeated Berwick 5-9-39. Haswell kicked three goals for the Lions. Waddell listed as their best players for Berwick. Hilton Joyce kicked two and so did Graham. Um, but uh, did enough. They got their win, got the four points, and they can look forward to uh, another September series. However, um, I would say this with Doncaster's, and when we spoke to Ryan James, the fact that they've had to make so many changes because Nine. of injury, mm. and they're bringing players back into the contest. I mean, look, uh, I thought Spiders... Um, sort of take on Doncasteris and where they are and where they should be. I, I thought he was a little harsh in his assessment. Some of what he some of his thoughts were were, were correct. But the thing is it's very, very hard for a side to build any sort of continuity, right, when you constantly have to make sides. Now, like I said, they've they've secured a final spot and Ryan James actually did say last week was that he feels that his side is going to be far better suited playing all the way through rather than finishing in a top one, top two spot, right, to, you know, to, to try and win the flag. However, history suggests, and look, 
I know we don't take... I know people don't like to take much credence in facts and figures and stuff like that, but there's an undeniable there's an undeniable fact that it's going to be it's very rare that the winner of the premiership comes from anywhere but the top three. Yeah, I, and I, I, I and yeah. you know, look, if you look at the top, if when we if you look at the top three, right where we sit now, I'd be very surprised. Vermont, Rover, and Baldwin. Yeah, but in all the divisions. Oh, in all the divisions, yeah. I, I, I think the winner comes from the the, the three sides that finish yeah. one, two, three. I, I, I uh, think you're absolutely correct there. You know, you look at, you know, Premier, of course, with Vermont, Roval, Bowen, we'll touch on, of course, Division 1. You know, I think that top three is pretty much set. Mm. And then the top three, Div 2 is, yeah, we'll get on to later, of course. But, yeah. but Berwick's, a, look, let's be honest. I mean, not there's not going to be too many sides... They're going to go down to Berwick and score over a hundred points. I mean, no, and it's a, it's a massive, it's the biggest ground in their, in our competition. And you look at all the sides, even the the top three or four sides that have gone down there. I don't think any of them have kicked over a hundred points, and some so. haven't even got anywhere near it. Yeah. No, no. And just a, a big news from Berwick: Clint Evans is uh, resigning. Oh, I, awesome. I saw earlier yeah, um, these, um, they were. Yeah. Uh, looking for a new coach, but no, he's staying at the club because they've done a a great job this year. So very happy to see that as a lot of uh, sides are going to be looking for new coaches next year, over almost 15, just about. I think, for me, I'm I'm actually, probably my feel-good story for the year is the fact that Berwick have done enough to stay up in, in Premier Division because I think it's really, really important to have them in the competition because I can only see the Berwick Football Club building from where they are now. I, I think in in two years' time, I, I reckon we'll be talking about Berwick... Top five, top six. Playing, playing yeah. in a final series. I agree. I Young don't reckon list. they're that far off. Because they're, they're 19s, they're, they're playing, they'll be playing yep. some September and action. The, and the, and yeah. the fact is, when they get... <laughs> When I look back over there, when I looked over their previous scores in in the other competition that they played, if they get the game on their own terms against weaker opposition, and they'll be strengthened, they'll they'll mob you down there. You yeah, ain't. Yeah. You'll get found out. And the thing is, you can, you can actually see Berwick. They they would. In a final series, they thrive on a ground like Ringwood or Bayswater. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a couple more results. Two sides that will be playing finals as well as Baldwin and East Ringwood. Baldwin defeated Park Orchards 14-7-91 to 8-13-61. Mm-hmm. Urban kicked four goals and was listed best on there. And then for East Ringwood, they uh, defeated Norwood 15-15-105 to 6-5-41. Yep. Lousen came back in. Farmer went out. Lousen kicked four. <laughs> uh, James Below uh, in Continued his impressive year, best player on the ground. He has to be in contention to win the Chandler medal because I think he's been their best players now for 13 out of 18 games, I'm pretty sure. So he has to be He'll in have contention. a few three-votes yeah. uh, games for sure. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm just trying to... I'm actually trying to think if there's any other player that I've seen through the... Um, that I've seen through the, the results mm. that really, besides him, that's... 
that, that I well, would think would give him some serious. Maybe Kalkowski. Yeah, no. uh, maybe no, no. maybe Kilpatrick because it, again yes. he was best on yeah. yesterday as the South Croydon nineteen ten one hundred twenty four defeated Doncaster four eight thirty two. They he was listed best on James Wilson kicked five. Max King returned and kicked four goals. So how good's that for uh, the Dogs uh, to see him running around and uh, having an impact and a big win that puts him back into tenth. And yeah. they're going to be uh, a nervous week next week if they lose because then they'll be relying on Berwick to beat Park Orchards. Um, but with with King back in, I think they actually might might even uh, pip Norwood next week. They could perform the great escape, couldn't they, uh, Blake? <laughs> they did. They you know they've they've really struggled. You know I think everyone's really touched on it. We've we've all touched on South Croydon. Yes. Injuries have killed him. You know, of course, uh, Mark is stepping down, which did not help one bit for South Croydon. And, you know, it's great to see, you know, a champion of our game, Max King, Chandler Medal from last year, just put on, you know, he pretty much put him on his shoulders, you would say, because he's, he's the heart and soul of South Croydon. He's been there through and through. And, um, and I'm sure he just said, oh, no, boys, I don't want to, you know, go down. I want us to be at the top where... You know where we where we aspire to be, and it was very good to see. But I reckon on that conversation, as we touched on, I think it'll be those two, Kilpatrick and Belo for me for the gentleman. I forgot about Kilpatrick. I thought well. Kilpatrick was mm. going to win it last year, but yeah. so he's got a chance this yeah, year. I think, yeah, I think the two front runners would be Belo. I, and, I think yeah. if Lockie Johns and if Lockie Johns hadn't had that time away, Should've gone away, he'd yeah. probably go close. Yeah. But I tell you, who might poll some votes as an outsider. Yeah. I think Alex Greenwood from Vermont might poll a few votes. He's been, mm. he's uh, he, he's been um, right up there all year for for Vermont in their in their um, yeah. in their best mm. six. I th- Three I th- votes yesterday, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon we should have a Chandler Medal preview before. We <laughs> <go>. <laughs> well, Maybe we'll, we'll have a look at it <laughs> and I, then yeah. just. However, f- whilst we're sitting here and and sort of praising South Croydon. Right, that yeah, they got the win yesterday. It was a win that we all expected them that they had to yeah, have. Hundred percent. But yeah. the job's not done. No, it's the not. The job is certainly not done yeah. because Park Orchards will. All right, just the last couple of weeks they've just dropped off again. But the thing is, when you push, when you put in the, when you're painted into a corner, right, which they are now, and Berwick. Even though they might just drop, Beric know that they're they're staying in, but Park Orchards are going to play as if their life depended on it next week. And the thing is, when you're coming up against a side that's got their backs to the wall like that, sometimes um, they're going to hit you harder than what you yeah. would normally. Whereas South Croydon are playing East, is it East Ringwood? South Carolina so played Norwood. Norwood. So that's and a winnable game. It's a winnable but, game. But we all saw in the match of the round uh, for the uh, NADOC round, it was yep. just all Norwood. Well, you'd, so. hope, you'd hope you put <laughs> yeah. in a better performance than that yeah. they were quite ordinary I, that day. Well, yeah. put it this way. I think um, it put this way. It is the Norwood game is certainly a winnable game for South Carolina. If they brought their best to the park on the day, they, they'll win that game. And then the final game here, which... Again, we'll have interest next week is uh, Roval Blackburn because Blackburn still still can make it. They've still got uh, East Ringwood next week, so it's going to be very tough. But Noble Park have a, a tough uh, opponent themselves in ball, and so percentage-wise, percentage-wise, Blackburn are behind the eight ball. Yeah, so it, it lose. 
Yeah, you won't I, make it. They're on equal points with Noble Park at the moment. So and at the moment, would. I can't see, right? I can't see. I can't see East Ringwood losing to Blackburn next week. I can't, and that was a big loss yesterday to Blackburn. They got touched up. They to, got touched uh, 19 up. 19-9, so a big win for the Hawks, who uh, almost virtually locked up that top two spot. Brolic listed best on ground. Greaves kicked four. Lockie Wine kicked three. Um, a big result for them. I think I think heading into the finals, I think Roval have got the biggest scope with regard um, in in re- in regards to the amount of quality players that they have at their disposal, that they will have at their disposal in the final series. And I think if Ben Wise, and knowing Ben Wise like I do, he will use those players, right, with all his wisdom, and he will work out the right combination because they will finish second. I can't see them finishing anything. They've got Doncaster next week, so that's a... Yeah, and that's percentage. Mm. Sorry, sorry, Doncaster. No disrespect. No, <laughs> no it's, it's just reality. I it's mean. the reality of it. So they finish second. So Baldwin will, even though they win. Um, yeah, they'll be that unlucky side that finishes third. Yeah. Um, and looking at the ladder, so Vermont on top with 14 wins, a superior percentage as well. So they're going to lock up the minor premiership. Yep. Uh, even if they lose next week, they'll still probably finish on top. Maybe percentage. But either way, they've got the double chance. Roval in second. Uh, Baldwin in third, both on 13 wins. East Ringwood in fourth with 12 wins. Doncaster East with 10 wins. Noble Park in sixth with nine wins, as well as Blackburn in seventh. But as you mentioned, What's uh, the Brash, 14% gap. They're you not going to make that up. You don't make that up in one game. No. no. So, uh, and then the final uh, four or five sides, Norwood, Berwick, South Croydon, Park Orchards, Doncaster. So some interest as well with South Croydon and Park Orchards next week in the final home and away season. Yep. Uh, let's play a game. Okay. I'm going to read out some sides, and you tell me if they can win it this year or not. Okay. Vermont? Yes. Yes. Roville? Yes. Yes. Baldwin? On their day. Has to be on their day. Maybe. Maybe. East Ringwood? No. Uh, a maybe. Is that dependent on if they get some of those uh, VFL-listed players back in? Yes. Doncaster East? No. No. And Noble Park? No. no. And then Blackburn if they get there? No. no. Yeah, I think I'm pretty. I think it's pretty. I'm pretty much with you there. I, I, I genuinely think when we were when we were when we were looking at round thirteen, and in Premier Division, it was still very tight amongst the top four, and that yeah. was, and the fact that those top four or five sides started playing each other from rounds thirteen to seventeen, we automatically we we knew that at the end of this round, right when we were talking about it. We were going to have a. We we knew that the picture was going to be a lot clearer then, uh, right at round seventeen, and that's proven to be. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So let's jump into uh, Division One and uh, one result that uh, went the way we thought it would. Beacon sealed eleven twelve seventy eight defeated Lilydale five eight thirty eight. No goals or best listed. So unfortunately for Lilydale, they go through this season without a win. And mm-hmm. then South Belgrave's the other end of the table, nineteen nineteen hundred and thirty three, defeated Croydon six twelve forty eight. And they go through continues. the season undefeated. Eighteen wins in a row. And then you can go back and add on the ones from last year as well. They they are on one sort of run. Tim but Smith kicked another six goals. Um 
they've kicked they've kicked 133 points in their in their last two games. Yeah. South Belgrave. They're in some it, kind of form. It's almost like they've just. When you look at South look at South Belgrave's form leading into the finals, let's go to the Mitchum game. Yeah, I find, well, that, that's, I that's, find that concerning. I, I actually do too. I was I didn't even know about this result until this morning when I looked. But Bayswater six eight forty four defeated Mitchum five eleven forty one, and the Tigers did bring in some uh, good players back into the lineup too. Jesse Smith kicked three goals for them as a Bayswater show to kick two goals, and Searle this is their best player, but. Really low scoring and inaccurate and a loss. And that's two losses in a row against two sides that won't be playing finals for the Tigers. No, and I don't think Mitchum have been the same side since our radio game up at Montrose. Yeah. I, I, I think they've struggled since then. I, I, they've, they've struggled for consistency. I think they struggled to beat North Ringwood. I think they only beat them by 13 Seven points at night. It was, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So they, they're not... They're not pinging at the moment, Mitchum. And no. I, um, whereas, uh, I, I just, I'm just wondering, the fact, I'm just wondering, gentlemen, is it the fact that they've had so many injuries to their key players, and they're coming back into the lineup, but they're not match, they're not match hardened, and they're not able to to run the games out as much as what they hoped. Yeah. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, I'll just I'll just feel like they're just as you said, like they just haven't been the side that we know where they started off well. Because I think during that middle patch, I think they were winning games very comfortably, and you know they're winning scores, but losing the Bayswater, and you know no disrespect to these sides, you know Bayswater who are missed finals across the North Ringwood, and then, then to lose to Murrubark as well uh, the week before, and you know you touched on. Uh, in fourth division here you don't want to lose games heading into a deep finals run that could haunt Mitchum to be fair because they're playing as we'll touch on shortly they're playing in a very informed Montrose side who I think to me have won about maybe four or five games in a row now like and Montrose do have the wood over Mitchum at the moment and you know Alex Alex uh, Wivelin who's been you know a very good coach for Mitchum now he needs to you know Neil Winterton you know, Winton in, so yeah. uh, he needs to try. You know, maybe I reckon get get his players fit and healthy because you know it's it's. Yeah, I just can't put a picture. Well, on we him at we the can't moment. blame the Parenti factor because Parenti yeah. Jake hasn't played hardly a game, yeah. so the Parenti excuses that that they haven't got a key forward just doesn't. He's not going to be there. It so just doesn't it's, wash it's one it. of those things where they've I, got to find an, uh, other options I, I feel like that Mincham's intensity has dropped a, uh, has dropped a little bit and the f- I'm just wondering if the f- did the, have they switched off had they switched off a little bit early because they'd locked up top three well it's almost like they ran they were in front for three quarters they were in front three quarter time against South Belgrave up at South Belgrave yes that's correct yes then all of us, they end up. I don't know. I, I I don't think they scored in the last quarter, or they. I think they kicked one. One. Yeah. But I just don't feel that since that moment in time, it's it's almost like they built themselves. They've built themselves up trying to trying to overcome that that um, that South Belgrave. It was like they needed a win again. They wanted to validate themselves by trying to beat South Belgrave. But the, but and it didn't work, and I'm just wondering whether that 
with some of the players coming back in, a little drop-off of form, whether they've just lost a bit of confidence at the moment? Well, the question I want to ask all you, you two as yep. well in the room, are you a fan of resting players? Because that's what they've done the last three two to three weeks, are you a fan of wrestling players? You know, I know they've, they've qualified. Yes, they're making finals. But are you guys fans of uh, wrestling players, you know, round, I think they wrestled players, they're like Lovell, I don't think Lovell played yesterday. Uh, Lovell came back into the side, so he missed yeah, the week before. He missed the... the they brought, because they brought three or four back in this week. They There were a few out last week. Yeah. I, I'm fine but with it. If, if they're injury-based, if okay. they're like, they are sore and stuff, and Brown did something similar in Division Two yesterday. Um, but you got to—I I think what you're trying to say is, I, I think there's the middle point of this argument is the fact I think is, do you have the depth? It's the depth yeah. that allows you. Nah. I think you've got to have the depth to allow your side to give your key players a rest, because if you look at. If you look at yourself, Belgraves, and you look at your 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 Baronias, have a look at their reserve grade. Have a yeah. look at uh, don't you? Would you not agree, Blake? That yeah. if you've got if you if your bottom six right, and say your next best six in your reserve grade, yeah. right, who who are capable of uh, doing a job, right, that would allow you some sort of leverage to give your top players a bit of a rest. Yeah, but but when you look on the other hand, but the problem is, you've got your good players coming back in off injury who haven't had a run for a while, mm. and then you're dropping your good players to give them a break. Yeah. So in essence, you're you're robbing fitness, and um, and it's almost like robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? You want to give your key players a rest, yeah. but you're bringing in other key players because they need to run, and then all of a sudden, you're you've you suddenly have just lost that equilibrium in fitness because other players from the opposition who have been a little bit more injury-free, right, are able to run the game out because your players have run out of steam. Mm. And and just to touch on as well with the uh, the deaf uh, situation with Mitchum, their reserves made the grand final last year, yep. and I think their reserves maybe finished, fourth. They're finishing second. Yeah, so there you go. They do have depth as well, but you know you you can't really put you know the, the results between Bayswater and Moorbuck, who are below them, and you know, it, it's it's just. Well, let's yeah. move on let's to the. Let's go to the Montrose yes, game, yep. right? Yeah, right. And 13, I'll 11, 89 to nine eight sixty two Moorbuck. And then yeah. I'll ask you the same yeah. question. Have you got the depth at Montrose where you could afford to give Taj Heap, um, Ben Descent, yeah. um, the one of the Garthwaites a rest, and then bring in players from the from your second eighteen, mm. right, to help do a job for a week or two? Uh, I think we could, we could, but that, I'm not getting you know. No, no, heart, no. Yeah, but you know, we all saw that game against Mitchum, right? The the, the radio game that we had. Yeah. You know, I don't think uh, Jack Garthwaite was playing. Um, no, I don't think. Um, can't remember. There were there was seven. You had about players. you had about two or three yeah. of your Bo-tent key players. But yeah, Boatent, of course. So um, what I'm that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If 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 those players were playing right at that particular game yeah. against Mitchum, yeah, right, and then say Gary decided this week that yeah, I'll look, I'll I'll give my key players a rest, it knowing fully knowing that a loss could mean. 
going from a second mm. semi to a first 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 semi. Yeah. Does that does that sway the coaches thinking then? But we also yesterday as well. I know with the coaching wise, but Brad Watson didn't play yesterday. Um, Is he coming back next yeah, week? Yeah, he'll be back. Next and that's week. the thing. Yeah. That's the thing, though, Blake. I look at Gary. I look at Gary Ayres, yeah. right? And I look at Montrose list. Yeah. Does he? Does he feel that he's got more give, yeah. right, with regards to the players that are knocking on the door? Is he? Do you think, in his own mind, yeah, right, that he's got his right twenty-two combination yet? Do you think he's got it? Oh. Or, or do you think? You still think heading into this final series, yeah. that's still a work in progress. Well, we've won. <laughs> you put me on the spot here, Brash. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's fine, mate. But I think I think he's got the right twenty-two. I think because you know we've had. I don't think descent. We haven't really had Gardo. Gardo hasn't really played much football, and he's been for, at Montrose now for his whole life. And that was his first game back in probably three weeks. Um, Descent hasn't really played much footy either. So there's a bit, you know, with the 22, as you said, Brash, um, you know, there hasn't been, we haven't, Montrose haven't had their best 22 on the park in probably the last month. And, you know, they're just, you know, beating sides. And, All right, I will ask you another question. Batten Leach has been out injured for most of the yep, season. Yeah. Right. Is he in your best, is he in Montrose's best 22 on this year's form? Unfortunately, he he won't be playing out the uh, this year. Right, he'll be, he'll be back next year. All right, there was there was he did come back though, didn't he? Uh, was he injured? He ACL. Yeah, yes. it was an ACL. So he wasn't he wasn't playing. But All right. we won't be seeing him. But uh, but yeah, well, like Joel Tennant played yesterday, who was my younger brother, of yeah. course. Um, so how many reserves? So how many reserve players? Yeah, right. Have Montrose got right? If they had to, if they had injuries, yeah. right? How many of them, right? If you compare to what Mitchum and Mitchum have got, how many of them would they have yeah. that they could come in to recover? I think probably four or five. All right. you know, that's we, all you need. Yeah, because four or five. Yep. So if you were sitting, I just think Ryan that if you're sitting a game clear in second position, or you're in a Baronia situation where you can afford to give your your key players a rest, I sort of feel though. That if you're in a position where you're playing for a, a better finals position and, and knowing that an extra week of football could could actually potentially bring mm. your club undone, yeah. you can't afford to rest you. You just can't afford to rest your good players yeah. if you don't have the depth. No, it's certainly and not. So I, th- I thought credits as well to uh, Murubak yesterday as yeah. well. You know, they, they, I thought it was just going to be deja vu of what happened last year between Montrose and Murubak at Montrose. It was just that fast start by Murubak, and it kind of stunned Montrose. And then uh, I think Gary had a got a Gary had a nice little pep talk to saying, you know, we're better than what we've what we dished out this quarter, and it definitely did show that. You know, I think you know. Seen Ryan Garfrey kick four goals, you know he's going to be an absolute X factor for for September coming through. And you know that's the thing we saw in the radio game as well. There were so many one on ones that where where Garfrey was on one on ones to Mitchum players, so they're going to have their work cut out. And if you know we touched on with their match fitness and all that, and Montrose, I think they've won the last five games. It's it's going to be extremely tough. And I reckon this will be. 
I know Mitchum have won grand finals in 2019, but if they can somehow pull this off and beat Montrose, I reckon this will be their win of their whole For season. Mitchum. Whole season, Mitchum. Let, well, they, yeah. Let's be Montrose honest. Montrose has beaten them five times yeah. in a row now. Yeah, but I reckon this will be their biggest win of the, the their whole season. They can knock off Montrose. Let's be honest, though. You know, when, the, when you put all the cards on the table... Yeah. It's going to take something extraordinary from either from the the, the the other four sides that make up the finals yeah. to find a way to unlock beaten South Belgrave because at the moment, unless um, unless a side can keep with them to at least three quarter time, I can actually in essence I can actually see a grand final in First Division being over by half-time. Just before we get to that, um, I'll just quickly read out the North Ringwood one yep. turn south score, 6-15-51. Very inaccurate. The Saints lost to one turn south, 9-13-67. But they've already locked up that final spot in the ladder. So just before, I'll let you yeah. continue this, but just yeah. on the ladder, South Belgrave, Montrose, Mitchum, Beaconsfield, North Ringwood make up the five. And then Bayswater, one turn of South and Rulebark, Croydon and Lillardale. So Croydon and Lillardale will be going to Division 2 next year. Uh, keep going. Yeah, this is a very good conversation here. But the thing as well, you know, Montrose were actually two goals down at three-quarter time. And then South Belgrave just went like that. They hit the switch and off they went. So I, I it's just going to be very tough, you know, finals to see anyone because no one's gone. No one's been. No, no, no one, I just can't, can't no, see it at the moment. It, it's just been an unbelievable rise because I, I put them six on my ladder predictor and just seeing, you know, Tim Smith, he's he's probably the one you would have to stop regardless of anything. But then you're going to watch out for the Garners and then you're going to watch out, I think, Silver, Silver as well. He's playing some very good football. Peters, Peters was best on yesterday. Peters, so it's just going to be very tough. Very, I think, that, and, yeah. the, and the biggest problem, Blake, we'd, we'd all agree that Tim Smith is that player that he only needs to touch the ball maybe a dozen times, and he could kick six yeah. goals. Mm. Right, he's or he'll set up six goal assists. Yeah. And the thing is, you, but his ability, right. I just reckon Luke Gallagher's just basically said to Tim Smith, "You play where you want to play, yeah, right? <laughs> it's kind of you play where you want to play, where I know that you're going to give us the, and I'll allow you, right, to dictate the terms of the, the, the play. It's, it's kind of like Dustin Martin, for for example, yeah. in 2017. I think um, you know, Damien Damien Harmick. I know we don't like talking about it. You know, he fell, but. Damien Harmick just says to Dusty, you do what you need to do, and then that's that's all it is. And I feel like that's the Luke Galliott to uh, Tim Smith. I think, mm. I think we, we'll probably... I think we'll just... Um, we could continue this conversation. Yeah, well, we right, uh, so we gotta le- we better leave <laughs> yeah. something for the Friday, yeah. Friday yeah. boys. <laughs> I just want to touch on the... La- that, I just want to touch on the Wannie South North yeah. Ringwood game. <laughs> I just don't... And I the, can't and, get and a the, read and the, and the reason why I want to touch on it... Mm. Is the fact is, how does a side that gets beaten one week by X amount then all of a sudden come out and win at a ground that hardly anyone's won at all year? Now, you... So... Yeah, so <laughs> I don't you, know. How, how does that work? Um, why is it that... What, why is it that when a coach goes, why is it the next week that the, the players all of a sudden decide... Oh, it's one life's wonderful again. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna switch on my mind, right, yeah. and win a game of football. So, 
I'm just wondering whether this it this just showed this sort of just shows you the mental side of the of how we how we're wired sometimes mm. as uh, in, yeah. in sporting parlance. Yeah, it's it's yeah. you can't explain it. No. You just can't you you can't explain it how a side one week gets beaten by eighty five points, points yeah. and then turns up to a ground where the home side's lost one game all year yeah. and they get a win, but they've they flicked the switch by 100 yeah. points. Yeah, you can't answer that. I think they've won two of their last seven or eight games. It just makes me so. It just makes me wonder at times, and I don't like saying this, but it makes me wonder whether sometimes when players... Don't like their coach. coach yeah. That they don't try. And I don't like saying that yeah. because I know every bike that goes out there on a Saturday afternoon goes out to play there to win games of football. But you just can't help but feel that... How do you how do you how do you reconcile the difference the difference in attitude from one week to another? Yeah, you, well, you can't really. It's uh, very interesting the way uh, their season has panned out, and they'll finish seventh uh, at the end of the home and away season, which is quite uh, disappointing from where they were sitting at the halfway point. Mark but I of do the agree. Season. But I do agree with Spider's analogy that they do have a very talented list, and mm. they need to sit down. And I, that's the one thing I do. They need to sit down and, and reevaluate and where they are and what where they want to go. Because for me, that's a, it's been a wasted season. It has. And they've gone backwards. But they've also recruited well as well. Mm. So yeah. for me, and we'll, we'll touch on that more later in the yes. season as well when we do our recaps and stuff. But for me, that they'll I think they'll jump back into the five next year. I think they've got the list to do. I hope so. So, so um, they'll be one to look out for. We'll jump into Division Two now. The Basin, 15-15-105, defeated Knox, 6-11-47. Trevor Mills in his final game for the club, kicked five goals and was listed best on. And Have you watched much of him over the years? Yes. Outstanding servant for the Basin. Put it this way, Trevor Mills is one of those players that you want to go to war with. Uh, Absolutely. He, uh, he plays a game where angels fear to tread. Uh, he's a, a great clubman and... Uh, Vale, and uh, not Vale, but you know, congratulations to him on a stellar career for the Basin. He could have gone elsewhere and played in, and he would have fitted in mm. in any any uh, any program in any competition of, of this and been a success. And sort of mark the the changing of the guard as well with a lot of their players leaving last year and a, a really young group. Uh, some talented young players as well, and they're staying in the division, yes. which is fantastic to see. And I think they've got a bright future. They've just got to maybe uh, endure a couple of tough more, a couple more tough years, but I it's going to pay off. Do you? I, I sort of I, I look at these sides in this in that div one to div three range, and I, I'm I'm looking for sides right who I think might be able to rise but I think there comes a time and I think you, when you start seeing sides plateau uh, um, and not go improve on what they did on a on a previous year I'm just wondering for, for me for as well as the Basin have done this year I think they're going to need to do a little bit more next year mm, um, yeah. because I don't know whether they've got the playing group mm. right to go up to to div one yeah and 
that's going to come from natural improvement from the youngsters, but I think they're going to need some top end experience, right? To to you know to get them to go up a little bit further in the ladder. Absolutely, and then another interesting result. East Burwood did win yesterday against Upper Fentry Gully, but not by much. 8 11 59 to Upper Fentry Gully, 8 9 57. So a two point win there, and Upper Fentry Gully in front at half time and fought back in that last quarter, kicking four goals to one. So this is almost sums up their season, does it? Yeah, it does. This is almost like a care less factor game yeah. for East Burwood. Yeah. Nothing on the line. It's almost like they went through the motions. Yeah. Right. And, just and, and put this way, to, I think it's a bit of an. In- <laughs> I think it's a bit of an indictment that they lose to a side that has been struggling all year by yeah. two points. Oh, they they won, but only by two, two points. Two points, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just don't think... Um, I think that the problem is with um, poor form, uh, lack of consistency and a lack of getting keeping their playing 22, a consistent playing 22 right throughout the year was, was the... Uh, was the Waterloo of uh, East Burwood this year. And maybe, just maybe, mm. maybe they don't have the depth that they thought they had. They're, Blake, for me, they're the one turn south of Division 2. I think very similar that they've both wasted years. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's some... Spider did say it pretty well that it is a wasted year. They've gone backwards, similar. They've they lost brought Martin, in a new coach. They lost Martino, right, to Roval. Martini? Martini, it? yep. Yep. I thought um, Kempson, who was uh, one of their go-to players mm. last year, he In, got injured yeah. and was never able to find any momentum and throughout the year. Will, Willis as well. Yeah, they're... Yeah. Wills, yep. Wills. Um, maybe the Mariani factor sort of, um, you know, obviously wedding and wedding and stuff like that. But, you know, look... I'm, I, I, I don't want to... I wouldn't want to be a coach in today's environment. I'm, I'm telling you now. Well, the, the um, coaching thing is actually a bit of an issue for these clubs that there are so many clubs that are looking for a coach right now. They're, I mean, it's going to be hard to... Okay, let's let's look at the traditional coach in... doesn't matter whether it's the Eastern Football League or the local football league, right? Yeah. In years gone by, a coach has been... is judged on consistency, right, and his, and, and, and success... Right. What are the what are the what are net what are the negativities of coaching? Inconsistency, lack of injury to key performers, add another two to the equation add another two mm. issues to the equation. Players travelling overseas during the middle of a football season and players getting married yeah. during the football season. Yeah. Now <laughs> twenty years ago that would have happened. No. Ever since COVID yeah. Right, and I and I understand that people want to travel because they missed out on COVID, but I'm gonna I'll go. I'm a little bit old school, right? And people can chastise me for for my thoughts on it. But at the at the end of the day, you made a commitment to play football for the football club, yeah. right? If you want to travel, right, or have or get married, fine. But if you're going to do that, you need to tell your club up front that you're going to do that. And I'm sure some of the players have done that. But I just sort of feel that if you make a commitment to the club, all of a sudden that can actually derail a club season yeah. with some of those players being out. Yeah. And that's not fair on the guys that have that have been there because they, of their own yeah. circumstance. So, look, 
I get it. I understand it, and I understand why the players why the players do it, and I don't have an issue with them doing it. But if I'm a coach and I'm a new coach coming into the situation, mm. I've got those two major things that I've got to take into consideration and in holding my job. But I've got these other two issues now, mm. right, that I've got to contend with. And I don't know whether some – and some coaches won't be able to, to, to marry up or n- negotiate n- negotiate that. Yeah. Because they won't have the playing personnel no. to bring the best out of the – of the club, so who's the winner here? The players are the winners, and the coaches yeah. are the losers. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know you you make a good point there, and uh, it's certainly been tough with uh, obviously a lot of travelling this year amongst the playing groups. And whether it settles down or not, it might settle down next year. Maybe maybe it's just a phase because of the fact, but under but in this in this current atmosphere or where we find ourselves. This is this is the norm. Yep, I've booked my tickets to Europe next year, yeah, middle you, of the season. Blake, you'll you'll take over <laughs> for a few <laughs> a few weeks. No, I think Josh Wall wants that job. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going on. Yes. Uh, Heath wants seven eight fifty defeated Templestowe two seven nineteen. That's ugly. Two seven, very interesting uh, result there from Templestowe. So I actually. When Josh was reading out, I just assumed it hadn't been updated, but that's the the official result there. Malone and Hanson kicked two goals each for Heathmont, uh, and Evans listed as their best player. I, I know they were missing a couple, but two sevens a, a little not not the sort of performance you want coming into a final series. Uh, no, and I think probably the only highlight of the game, and probably the highlight of it was probably for Heathmont with Finn Brown coming back yeah. in. I think Boy. that's a that's a positive for them because yeah. he's going to be un- oh, look. Let's be honest, he's going to be underdone going into a, into into the finals. But if uh, if if they can utilize him right, they they might have to run him off the bench. Yeah, right. Yeah. Be- in, I don't think they. I don't think he can. They can afford to. Otherwise, he's going to run out of petrol tickets early on, and he's too good a player. Well, the only other thing they do is instead of having in having him in a running type role, which he's used to, maybe you've got to play him. You've just got to play him mm. as a stay at home forward. Yeah, certainly be interesting. And their win it wasn't enough to move him into no, third position, so they're still going to play Mulgrave next week in an elimination that a, final. That is a d- and oh yeah, a uh, Mulgrave might is. go in as as favourites. Uh, we'll get to the Mulgrave result in a second. Yep. Uh, Ringwood twelve thirteen eighty five defeated Waverley Blues twelve five seventy seven. So another bit of a, another upset. They've actually finished the season really strongly. Uh, strongly, uh, Ringwood Williams kicked five goals. For the Redbacks and listed best on. I just think though, I mean, look, Waverley Blues have been on the road for a long time, mm. right? That's and, right. And I, I think merit, uh, you know, kudos to them. Hard to keep constantly winning on the fo- uh, on the on the uh, on the on the away from home all the time. I mean, look, and it's what, eight points was it? Eight points. Uh, yeah, yeah, eight points. Yeah. No, nothing for them to worry about. They worked. They worked hard to get to where they were in the season. I know Tom Langford has, um, has basically said it's it's without great risk. You know, there's there's great reward. Um, I still worry about them defensively when they come up against a Baronia who is as miserly as hell. Well, let's have a look at Baronia yesterday. Now, this is actually a little concerning. They had five or six out and pumped Mulgrave 15, 20, 110 to the lines, 9, 10, 64. That's 30 scoring shots. I know. It could have been 
35. Could have been even But even that's the thing. Margins. You look at Baronia's last three games, yeah. right? They've been on the negatives. They've scored more behinds and mm. they've kicked goals, and but they've kicked over... <laughs> They just, they just seem to be up. They've got multiple avenues to goal, and they've got six to twelve plays they can run through rotation. Uh, they've their back line is as solid as a rock. Um, their forward line, Begley's potent. You got Collins. You got Fairchild. You got Robertson. The list just goes on and on. And, and they've also got Brusher and Malice out as well, which is. Brasher, Mellis, yeah. White, yeah. Um, Bolton out. They had quite a few outs as well. So, and from from all reports, um, young Max Brasher from from the stats that have you know that I've been given right up until this game, he was averaging forty two possessions a game in his last <laughs> five games. Mm. And Mellis was Mellis wasn't that far behind him either. Yeah. So the thing is, um, I think Matty Clark. Like I said, he's and the their reserve graders is going as well as ever yeah. as well. So everything's going very, very well for the Baronia Football Club. At the end of the day, finals is a different it's a different ball game. Everyone starts at zero zero. So they're they sit be- in that South Belgrave category, don't they? With the the one loss was by a point, so they virtually had the, the same season, percentage it, of 219. Yeah, and the fact that the game they lost was against the side that's probably had a very good month in Ringwood. Yeah. So, look, uh, it is, it is in honest, we've said this in Division 1 that itself, Belgrave's to lose, but in Div 2 and Div 3, it's both Baronia and Donvale's to lose. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's going to be tough to see who knocks them off. Uh, I, I honestly think that their worst enemy is themselves. If they kick inaccurately, they kick very we, inaccurately in multiple games. And to be honest with you, Ryan, I think we can say exactly the same thing about South Belgrave and Donvale. Yeah. Their worst enemy is going to be themselves because they, um, you just can't afford to lull yourself into a sense of complacency. And I don't want to get the uh, obvious hat out here, but finals are a very different game. They are. They are. And stranger things can happen. Most definitely. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you, you certainly uh, have got to play your best footy in this how upcoming it, month. How often, how often have we seen the side that finishes first, they don't win the second semi? Yeah. They oh well, Roval, Roval did last year. Yeah, no, but not many. But I'm saying, oh, yeah, not when many. You, yeah, yeah. If you're talking in terms of finals, like I said, we've seen sides that have gone 17 and one, 18 and nil yeah. in the past, and we they've would. lost the second semi. In fact, they've gone out in straight sets. Yeah. So it, it's it's. <laughs> And that's when you know that it's a wasted season. Yeah. yeah. And then the final ladder here, Bronya, Waverley Blues, Templestowe, Heathmont, Mulgrave. That's your five. And then Ringwood, East Burwood, the Basin, Knox, Upper Furniture Gallery, Knox and Upper Furniture going down to Division 3 next year. And you guys won't be on the, the Friday podcast. So no. just on the two, because I think these two games are quite interesting. You've got Waverley Blues, Templestowe on the Saturday, and then Heathmont, Mulgrave out at Walker Park on the Sunday. Uh your tips on on these two? I think, look, to be honest with you, Temple Stove been flirting with their form um, yeah. in the last month or so. I'm just not. I Sold think on no. Mm. They've. I I think um, after that win at Heathmont, I, I reckon they've they've plateaued a bit. I still think Waverley Blues, right, are a very good side. 
offensively. I think they're the biggest threat to, to Bronia, so. the way Wa- they play. So it was Waverley Blues and what was the other Temple game? Temple Stowe. Oh, and then the other game, Heathmont and Mulgrave. I, Mulgrave. I think... Uh, we're, we're the finals for... Walker, Walker Park. Um, no, I'm... I'm going to give... a tough one? I'm going to give Heathmont another chance. I, I, I just think that um, whilst they've... Whilst they haven't played their best football, uh, but they haven't played all that all that badly either. No. So I, I you, you've got to you've got to give them some credit for early season because they were in really good nick early on. They've had a bit of a they've had a issue, but every side except Baronia's had their own issues with form. So no, I think Heath Minder won in at twelve and six. Waverley Blues and Templestowe finished twelve and six. So yeah, why not? Yep, like your tips on those two games. I think Waverley uh, for the Temple Stowe, Temple Stowe Waverley game. Just judging on Temple Stowe's form, it's just been very ordinary. And I'm gonna go a little, uh, little bold, little um, roughy here. I think Mulgrave. Just judging on yeah. their form, and you know they've deserved that fifth spot, mm. you know, and all that. And their recruits, you know, Fletcher Roberts and all that have really delivered for them this year. And I honestly think um, Mulgrave can come up and shock the shock the, um, the uh, Division Two in the Eastern Footy League. That's my tip. There you go. So I'm, I'm, st- oh, I'm going to leave my tip till Friday on that. No, one. I think that's fair enough. But uh, the uh, Waverley Blues Temple Stowe uh, game. I'm Have we got any ideas of what games we we look like doing? Or that could wanna... that could be the one. Waverley Blues Temples are on the Saturday. You've still got Sunday as as well. We'll um, we'll, it's we'll have a be, look. We'll put There's this way, quite right? a good. It's, you've got a um, you've got some interesting selection dilemmas when it comes to picking the games this week, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. There'll be a, a lot to look at um, uh, during the week. We'll have to probably sort that out on Monday. And then uh, yes. looking forward to it, though, finals is finally here for the senior men's competition. It started for the senior women's on Saturday uh, yesterday, so it's fantastic. More footy again today for the senior women's as well, Blake. And also junior grand junior finals, grand finals. Today, so And the sh- women's grand finals too, isn't it? Uh, Women's in two weeks' time. What's yeah. happening up in Sylvan today? Women's finals, yes. yes. Yep. And um, also as well, a little shout-out to the Montrose 15s. Uh, I'll be heading out to watching them today down at Knox. So uh, that's what I'll be doing. Is that your side that you got? Is it? Nah, nah, I coach 16s, one of the coaches. Um, so You're yeah. king of the kids, aren't you, Blake? Oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but... No, but anyway, I'll be. That's what I'll be doing and watching the Tigers. Hey, I'm actually course. going today. Same here. Um, I don't know what I might be a little bit. Who late. Are you playing? Six Kilda, Kilda Marvel. Yeah, we don't we don't like going Marvel. I've I've, I've got it. At least you're going better than my side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have been for a, <laughs> a few years now. Yeah. Well, we're going to medallion medallion club for the first time. All right, Blake. So, sorry, leave, well, listen, we'll we leave that wipe. off air. I you think brash you your ed- plans. <laughs> you better edit this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> brash with your plans, mate. Hmm? You up to anything this are they? Um, no, I'll be, I'll be um, studying my form study for the finals. Yes, I yes. see it. Sounds good. And you can stay tuned for the next podcast that will come out, which will just be more updates on what I'm doing throughout the afternoon and uh, this week. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, thanks for coming in and uh, a big weekend ahead with the finals to come. Thanks for joining us. to his left, goes long, inside 50, coming down just about half forward through the hands, going inside 50, they've got to try and get their hands on this Finn Brown, Finn Brown, brilliant, can he kick the goal, Finn Brown, he has!